Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. I'm one of the financial advisors at McNamara Financial, located in Marshfield, Massachusetts. And Chelmsford, Massachusetts. And Chelmsford, Massachusetts. Thank you for that. That is the voice of Mike McNamara, my co-host this morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Also known as old guy and founder. Yes. I, yeah, I'll let you say those things. Yeah. I'll say founder. Yeah, I won't say the other one. So, all right. Topic today is a follow-up to a show we did a few weeks ago. Uh, so the, the title of the show was or is Your Investments, Be Brave or Be Poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's about as exciting as I get when it comes to titles. You know? Well, you gotta you gotta have a hook. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I like it. And so this is uh, so we'll call this what part part two part two. And we don't know if there's going to be a part three here, depending on how quickly or slowly we proceed here today. Uh, okay, yeah. all right. Did I? I don't know if I told you this before or not, but Myla started taking French this year. No uh, kidding. So she'll yeah. come home and and she really likes it. And she'll come home and she'll rattle off a couple of things each day. So I'm gonna call this part two today. Part two. Okay. Part so yes. you in honor in honor of Myla. Yes. You have learned. Yes. Uh, Okay. <laughs> so your investments be brave or be poor. So, so the last time you know we talked mostly about bonds. Yep. And you know how, you know how 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 they work um, and why you know why you probably shouldn't have all of your money in bonds uh, because of you know when you when you start to factor in t- taxes and inflation uh, and things like that it's it's probably not a good idea to have all of your money in bonds obviously situation you know d- dependent but that was kind of the gist of it and i think i don't know if you you wanted to do a little more detail as far as the uh, the summary that we that we talked about yeah, last I, time well just a summary i'm not sure how much detail but just in in case folks uh Weren't with us for part. What's the French for one? For part. Un. 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 un yeah. Un, un, ein. Un. Okay. No, that, that's German, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, I think the Ein is German. Ein. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Un, deux, trois. La- language is not that, one of that mine. That sounds like French. I like that. Language yeah. is not it's one. Close enough. It's close enough. Yes, yeah. I agree. For this. For this. For this. Us program. Irish folk trying to do French here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't work, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, so just kind of uh, set the big picture kind of stage uh, before we plow through here. So when when you're an investor, okay, your job is to become wealthy over time or wealthier. Okay. If you're already wealthy, then wealthy and stay wealthy. And if you're not wealthy enough, wealthier sort of a thing. And I'll start off saying that the only way you can do that is to save money. And then the money that you save, it has to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you. 
Okay, that's that's everybody's goal as an investor. Okay, either preserving or accumulating wealth. You okay with that? That's right. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we spent. We yeah. did spend a good amount of time on yeah. that as far as like what was real yeah, return. Th- this is the big picture, yeah. and, and and that's next. Okay, right. so so when you invest your money, okay, there's two ways you can make money depending on the investment. You can buy a bond and get income. Okay, or you can buy a stock and get dividends. So that's like income, or or whatever you buy becomes worth more over time growth. So income and growth are are the ways that you can beat taxes and inflation. And it kind of depends on what you're investing in. Okay. And and by the way, that's called total return. You know, uh, let's see if you if you have a mutual fund that has stocks and they kick off dividends. Well, if you're taking the dividends and spending it, that's one thing. But if you're not, you're probably reinvesting them and buying some more stock. And while you're doing that, hopefully the stock prices are appreciating or growing. Okay. Well, the so, so that's total return. How how'd you earn your money? Usually income or growth. But then, then the real important one is real return. Okay, and real return is well after you've figured out that you got five percent on this investment. You know how much of that did you have to pay in taxes, and how much of that did inflation shrink in terms of what you can buy with it? Because like money's only as good as what you what you can buy with it or what's the point sort of a thing, okay? And, and most folks who have investments don't pay attention to real return. You know, what's left is what you get to spend. And that's the only thing that counts. And so, so we, I'm going to try to sensitize some folks to those things as we go along here. And, and then the other big generic thing that folks need to kind of hang on to for the rest of the couple hours we have here is that there are many kinds of risks in the world, but I think there are four basic ones when it comes to investing your money, okay? And and I'm going to put them in, in order of risk, okay? And, and I would say inflation, taxes, volatility, and default, or, or say, say it any way you want. Taxes, inflation, default, volatility, those are the four risks that investors face and unfortunately there's like not a perfect investment where you can deal with all of those and live happily ever after that's just just not the way it is sort of a thing so very quickly let's see taxes yep we pay them okay and and from a risk point of view i think that's guaranteed okay inflation this is the one we don't think about how much less does your money buy every year? And by the way, how much, that might be your income, but if you've got a pot of money someplace, you know, if you have $100,000 under the mattress and we have 5% inflation, next year it spends like 95, even though it looks like 100, and it's tough to play that game for a long time without figuring out it, how that works. Yeah, the, it, you know, the inflation thing is... You know, because it is, it is very top of mind yeah. today, right? Yeah, sure because is. because because we are, we are experiencing high high rates of inflation. Yep. You know, people are seeing it at the grocery store and the, and the gas station, and and so it's it is top of mind. But it, it is one of those things where you don't necessarily think about it all the time. You don't sit down at the end of the year with a pencil and subtract. Yeah, yeah. and and if it's you know if if on average inflation is somewhere between two and three percent per year, yep. right, going backwards. Yeah, and it's and it's. You know, it's it's, it's, cum- cumulative. it's cumulative. Exactly. It, add, or it subtract. It add, I can't say it adds up. It subtracts up. Well, yeah, okay. but I, but I mean, it's com- yeah. it, well, and it's compounding, yeah. right? It's 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 cumulative. It's yeah. compounding, yeah. and you know, so if you're, you know, if you're thinking about retiring, and you're 
65 yeah. and you're going to live to 90. Well, that's, you know, that's a long period of time for that two to 3%, right? To yeah. continue to compound and grow. Yep. And so you got to make sure that you factor that into your, into your math. And as far as figuring out what you need to earn to, to combat that. And, and you should pay attention to it, but if you don't, here's how it works. You know, you retired, you start taking $2,000 a month from your retirement plan. That's what you need to live. Well, first year, that's okay. Maybe the second year buys a little less. And then the third year, you say, I got to go get some more money out of the, my retirement account because the 2000 doesn't work anymore. So, so taxes, guaranteed inflation, okay, cumulative. Uh, can I say guaranteed? No, but pretty darn likely mm-hmm. given the circumstances. Okay, default. You, you buy a stock, a company, or you, you buy a bond from a company and the company goes out of business. Huge risk, okay? And then volatility, the price of the things that you own, they go up or down, okay? And that can be pretty scary, okay? So, so those, are the, those are the four risks, and there are ways to deal with all of them or lessen all of them, okay? Well, except for taxes. Okay. So, <laughs> well, okay. And, there are, and there are some, some things. You well, can yeah, some, whatever. Some but, things you can yeah, do. Yeah, but as far as default, the way you protect yourself against default is to buy lots of stuff, folks, not just one or two stocks or bonds. Right. Is maybe, to me, that's maybe the biggest catastrophic. risk. Catastrophic. Yeah, that's the most catastrophic yep. risk, but yep. but it's also the easiest yep. to, to to avoid. Yeah, how hard is that? Right. right. Yeah. Just diversify, you know, yep. diversify. Yep. Uh, that's, so that, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the volatility thing, uh, that's also, you know, default and volatility, the big ones from most people's perspective. I'm sorry, they're not the ones that'll catch up with you over time, okay? You know, you can deal with volatility by mixing some bonds up and diversifying your portfolio, and you can reduce it. You can't eliminate it. And by the way, don't forget, folks, if you don't have volatility and the investment's guaranteed, you're losing money. Mm. Because after taxes and inflation, it's really tough to own a guaranteed investment and make any real return. I'll I'll, I'll say that again before we get to the bonds, okay? Okay, and investments that come with guarantees and no risk, I'm sorry, their risks are, you gotta pay some taxes whether you like it or not, and there's a a very high probability that if you take your guaranteed investment, take away the taxes and adjust for inflation over even two or three years, very high probability that your real return is negative, as in your wealth is shrinking, even though it may be getting a little bigger and you don't think so, sort of a thing. I say that all right? You you said that, Vine, and I guess my only comment is, but I, 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 I don't disagree, but there are, you know, maybe there are people that have enough you know, they have enough wealth or assets already that they can afford to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. Yeah. And, and that's, if, if you're okay with that, yeah. that's fine. And if you're super, you know, if you're super conservative, like you just can't, you yeah. know, you just can't stomach any kind of risk or volatility, then, yeah. you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's an appropriate. Well, well then you're stomaching taxes and inflation. Right. Whether you like right. it or not. Right. Right. But you, gotta, but you just got to make sure that you're factoring yeah. in, you know, those, 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 yeah. those things when you do your, when you do the math. So I, I think the be brave part is that you, ha- you really have to think about getting away from guaranteed investments if you want to become wealthy or well preserve your wealth, become wealthier, because that's how it works. You get paid for that, folks. Right. Okay, doesn't mean it's not without excitement or, or scariness sometimes, but that's how it is. Okay. Risk and return, yeah, risk, yeah, and, risk return. and return are irrevocably yeah. linked. Yeah, they, they sure are. Yes. Okay, so anyways, so four risks and last 
well, the last show, we talked about bonds because they're pretty straightforward. You know, you, know you, you lend your money to a business or a government. They pay you some interest over a period of time. Then you get your money back at the end. And sometimes if you choose, you can sell that investment between now and the time it matures. And, you know, that bonds are traditionally known as, well, they'll, they don't have much volatility. That's not the case this year. Yeah. yeah but historically, yeah. not much. Yeah. And, you know, and the G word sounds pretty attractive. It's guaranteed. No risk. I'm gonna Remember, folks, no risk, no real return. Okay, that's just, just that, that, that equals. It's as simple as that. You know, we had talked on August 14th of 2022, okay, a 30-year treasury paid 3.12% courtesy of Yahoo. Okay, finance. Well, let's think about this, folks. Inflation is 8% this year. Okay, I won't scare you with that. It's been like 3% for a fairly long time. So if you're earning three and your $10,000 comes back to you a year later, you got your $300 of interest, 3% of 10,000. Okay, you spent that and maybe that was okay. But you know, the, the CD matures or the bond matures a year from now, they hand you back your 10,000. Well, if we had 3% inflation, it spends like 9,700 bucks. And, and did, did you not get poorer given the circumstances? So, so it, it's in the bond world, it's just very, very difficult to make a real return. In other words, have something left after you paid your taxes inflation. Not impossible, but real difficult. And my guess is for the next few years, harder than ever, given a rising interest rate scenario. Okay. And, and again, I don't want to spend the entire first half hour recapping, you know, the last show, but you know, if you're owning bonds, okay, it's going to be very difficult to get comfortable and outpoint inflation and taxes doing that. And probably for the next few years, harder than ever, giving a rising interest rate environment. And we don't have time to get into all that good stuff, but that's kind of where it sits. So how about you? Any, any other closing thoughts on that first show we did there? Uh, we talked about, yeah, so we basically, yeah, we talked about the risks. I think I think really the big the big one is is it really inflation? Though, yeah. which I th- you know, Cumulative yeah. and subtraction. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the one, it's the one that, you know, you often don't think about, yeah. but it, but it affects you maybe the yeah. most o- yeah. over the long run. I think, and I said it the last time, and I'll say it again because I love I love saying it. It's it, yeah. I call it the silent killer. There you go. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, the other part about inflation is it's hard to imagine going forward, but it's really easy to look backwards and say. I mean, I, you know, I can clearly remember late in high school or early in college, a very long time ago, in, the, in you know, nineteen sixty six, seven, eight, nine pulling into a, a, a gas station, with, my uncle's gas station in Hull, with a little Honda 50 and putting 25 cents a gallon gasoline yeah. and, and reaching in my pocket with like a couple of quarters, which were big deals back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and th- folks, that's inflation. Yeah, I mean, everybody yeah. can look, oh, the last house you should have bought that you couldn't afford. Okay, now how much is it worth? Sort of a thing. That That's inflation. So, okay, hard to imagine going forward, but looking backward, really easy to kind of piece together. You know? Um, you know, another one is like stamps, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. What, what's a stamp these yeah, days? Yeah, you know, 50, okay. 50 some cents. I don't yeah. know. You know, what, what was a stamp? What was a stamp back when you were three, three I cents? Three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Five, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so the, the point about bonds is in a portfolio. Okay. Well, you, so you need safe emergency reserves money. That's bank money. It doesn't earn anything. It's guaranteed. It should be no risk. And that's okay. That, that, that money is just for emergencies. Okay. And 
all the rest of your money is hopefully earning more than taxes and inflation take away so you can be okay. But you need some, absolutely, in the bank. And for most folks, even though bonds may be relatively poor performers for the next few years, the only reason we use them in our business is to cut down the excitement of owning the stocks, which is really where you're making money over the long run, sort of a thing. So it's okay to own some primarily as a damper, and they don't work as well now as they did a few years ago, and that's probably going to be the case for a while, you know? Well, it's temp- temporary, temporarily, yeah, uh, worse than worse than it will you know, be. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. and it's, again, it's easy to extrapolate things yeah, forever, yeah. but anyway, yeah. moving along. Okay, yeah. so so here comes the braver part. Um, the the, the uh, a, a very long uh, history exists that if you owned stocks, I'm going to say companies as much as I can, because people get a little bit nervous if we say stocks. But, you know, if you owned a whole bunch of really great companies, and you can do that with like 10 bucks buying a, a Standard & Poor's 500 index fund, but if, if conceptually you owned a whole bunch of really fine companies and owned them over a long enough period of time, there's a pretty good chance uh, that you can outpoint inflation and taxes with your real return. The history of that, I'll, I'll go over some numbers here very shortly, but the history of that is, is actually, let me do that now, okay. as a matter of fact, okay? Th- these are some numbers that were effective as of August 14th, 2022, okay? And they're from a website called the S&P 500 at your fingertips, okay? And I'm going to read some numbers, which is kind of hard to do over the radio without getting dulled in terms of your senses, but uh, looking backwards, okay, in the last five years from August 14th of 2022, okay, the Standard & Poor's 500 earned 13.67% per year, and inflation was 3.89% per year. Hmm. Earned 13, inflation 3. Even with some taxes, you're probably okay with that, folks. Okay? If I go back 10 years, it's virtually, again, this is 10 years from August 14th of 22, okay? Mm -hmm. The 10-year return on the Standard & Poor's 500, 14% a year. Inflation, 2.61. We call that a whopping good real return, folks, for the last... The last ten years, okay. pretty good, pretty good yeah. spread there. Yeah. Okay. And 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 the rest of the numbers, I'm going to quote. They're from a website called. By the way, the the, the quotes are from Orion, which is an investment company we use. Those first, the five and the ten years. You got to you got to take care of this stuff on the radio these days. You want to get anybody uh, confused. Yep. And then from a, a website called the Standard and Poor's 500 at your fingertips. Wonderful website. Okay. Going back 15 years, if you owned the S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, 15 years, your return was 9% per year. Inflation was 2.4. That's also a whopping good real return, positive, you got wealthier kind of number. Okay, mm-hmm. the 20-year numbers, okay, 9.67% for those companies, 2.51 for inflation. Okay, the 25-year numbers, Okay, 7.88% for the companies, 2.48 for inflation, and 30 years, 9.85% versus a 2.52% inflation. Folks, I'm going to say this again, and, and please, if you're going to write something down, this would be it. Okay, over the long run, okay, if you own lots of companies and be patient and allow them to work, there's a pretty good chance 
that you can outpoint inflation, okay? And if you outpoint inflation, you know, let's see, if I'm looking back 20 years, let's see, a 9.67% return, inflation was 2.51. So you beat inflation by seven points. You know what? I wouldn't be thrilled, but I'm almost be happy to pay taxes on that difference. Because by the way, there's more taxes. Yeah, because you made more money sort of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the, you know, where we're going with this is that one of the dependable, historically pretty strong case, okay, if you do certain things and give it enough time and if we don't go back to the Stone Age and all those things you have to say because it's not guaranteed, okay, it's been a pretty darn good place to park some money for a long time if you're an investor, okay? And that's kind of where we're heading next year. Okay. Which, I was just curious, and, and uh, uh, do you, about the inflation, do you yeah. know, because there, there are different t- ways to measure inflation. Yeah, you know, yeah. There, there, are yeah diff- there are about 17 different flavors uh, of it. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you know which one? No, and that's this, a good question. Okay, all right. No, yep, and, and uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, nope, pardon my ignorance. I, no. I think it's just a standard one, but again, I, I honestly do not know. I think, yeah, the, you know, typically, the, the one that's normally quoted. Yeah. Uh, is what they call you know the the CPI or the yeah, consumer okay. price index, yep. uh, where it's basically it's a you know a basket you know a basket of goods yep. you know that you know common things that that most people buy and that's what they use. And I was just trying to see what it was, but yeah, I don't have it right in my fingertips. But that's probably what these numbers are. Yeah, the, the, I, I yeah. would guess they would yeah. take the average one. Yeah. Anyway, so so let's talk about the risks. So so by the way, so can inflation. I'm sorry, can can owning companies, and by the way, from this show's point of view, bunches of them, folks, not one or two or three, can, is it possible that owning companies can, can provide you with a positive real return and outpoint inflation? The answer is historically, yes. Okay, can, can you avoid taxes? No, but you can probably smile because you have <laughs> lots of earnings to pay taxes on. Right. You know, it's what you get, to, what's left, which is the important part. Okay, so what are the risks? Default and volatility. Default's easy. If you own one company and it goes out of business, you're toast. If you own 500 and one or two or 10 go out of business, you didn't know about it. Okay, so you can almost... You can't eliminate, I can't say that, but you can significantly reduce the default risk, which is the easiest one to deal with by buying lots of them, folks. Hello. We're about time for a break. Buy lots of them. Yeah, we're yeah. about to take a break. So we're talking about your investments. Be brave or be poor. This is part two. We were kind of doing a recap on last couple weeks ago about the bonds, and now we're starting to get into stocks and how stocks are the way to historically grow your wealth or retain your wealth. If you follow the rules. If you follow the rules, you know, after the effects of taxes and inflation. My name is Kirk Reed, joined by Mike McNamara. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. All right, we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. My name is Kirk Reed, joined today by Mike McNamara. We're doing a follow-up show titled Your Investments, Be Brave or Be Poor. Which is exciting as we get around here, right? Well, and now we'll now we'll now we'll call it part part dose. dose. You know, so we can be we are multilingual uh, when it comes to low 
single-digit numbers. Speak for yourself. That's about as far as we we can go. (laughs) Okay, folks, so four risks, inflation, taxes, default, and volatility. Okay, stocks have your are a significantly good probability over time, not guaranteed, to outpoint inflation and grow your wealth. And no, you can't get rid of the taxes, but if you make lots of money, you probably don't mind it as much because there's more left over. Congratulations. Yes, the congratulations. Yeah. Okay, oh, my tax bill is huge. Hmm, that means you made a lot of money, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but so the risks are in stocks are default, going out of business, okay, and volatility. Default's easy. Own two or three or four thousand companies, but folks, if you have a diversified portfolio with a, a U.S. stock mutual fund, or an international stock mutual fund, and a, an emerging markets stock mutual fund, you probably own two, three, four, five, six thousand companies all over the planet. Default is like, well, we have to say it's not guaranteed, but you know, if four thousand companies all over the planet that are publicly traded go out of business tomorrow, your money's not your biggest problem, and why would you worry about that sort of a thing? So, so the default piece of cake to deal with. Okay. Seriously. Piece of cake? Uh, yeah. Okay. Diversification. The volatility one. That's the one okay. that, that trips up most of folks who own companies. Okay. Okay. So volatility is fluctuation in the price of something. How's that for a, a, a mind-expanding definition? Huh? That, okay. That does it. Yeah. By the way, the resale prices of bonds bounce up and down, but not a whole lot. There's pretty low volatility historically, not in the year 2022. Right. Okay. But the, the volatility of stocks is scary and, and can be. Okay. Let's see. Well, okay. Stock, stocks. I don't even want to do this. Okay. Well, anyway, the, 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 the bottom line is that, you know, stocks have companies the way that they become worth more over time is that they grow their profits and, and their earnings and people find them more attractive. We'll get to some uh, in some of the weeds about that a little bit later on. Okay, but folks, companies go up in value over the long run because they make more money. And, and for purposes of this discussion, I'm going to call that the intrinsic value of a company, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. And, and and I don't want to get hung up into the hung up into the numerical side, but a company is is worth something. Here's an example: I have this box, I own this box. This box pays five dollars a year in income to whoever owns the box. The box is for sale. Okay, so what would somebody offer me for, to buy a box that would give him five bucks a year? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so let me make this easy, folks. If it was $100 and the box continued to pay five bucks, that's a 5% return. Okay, sort of a thing. So, so just, just for purposes of a simplistic example here, okay, let's assume that the, the going rate, by the way, uh, you know, the going rate for CDs this, this time around, Okay, it's like not even 2%. So, geez, maybe that box is worth $200, okay, versus a CD. But, right. but let, let, let's not get complicated here. The box paid 5 bucks a year. Okay, I sold the, the box is worth 100 bucks, And I say, hmm, I think I'm going to hang on to it. I'll talk to you a year from now. Okay, or two years from now. Okay, you know, we, we meet again a year or two from now. My box is paying $10. Okay per year to whoever owns the box. Really trick question here. 
what's the price of the box now? Or what's mm. it worth now? Mm. Okay, well, then that pretty simple answer, if you paid 100 bucks to buy it at five, it's probably worth 200 bucks. Okay, let me just stop there, folks. That's that's how it works. Yep. Okay, okay. If, if, if there are boxes out there in the world that are paying money, okay, they're worth X, depending on a whole bunch of things. Okay, but as long as they grow their money streams, they become worth more. So in, in, in the real, pure financial world, that's the intrinsic value. The, the, the value of that box ought to track exactly day to day right. what, what, the, what the money it's paying, right? Ought to be perfect. Yep. Line that sucker right up and make it easy. Wouldn't that make life easy? Okay, wouldn't that make life easy? Yeah. Not the way it works, folks. And so if you can imagine a company as a box, okay, at, at any given time, there's some pretty good mathematical estimates about what that company's value is given, well, given a whole bunch of things, but primarily given the fact that it produces X amount of money for, you know, in that box sort of a thing. That, that, am I doing that okay? Is that, that all right, folks? Yeah, yeah no, okay. you are. Yeah, okay. Go, uh, you, you want to comment? Go ahead. Well, yeah, so, yeah, so just to kind of like summarize maybe what you said and then, and then give an alternative example. So like, yeah. you know, company, let, let's say, you know, a good company that's been around for a long time, and if you look at its historical performance, you know, you can kind of draw a line, right? You yeah. know, going from left to right, yeah. you know, kind of straight or straight up, you know, with a, sl- with a special, you know, with a slope to it. The line goes northeast. Right, it goes northeast. Just remember that direction. But then, <laughs> but, the, but, but, the, but the values are bouncing up and down. Yeah. They go above the line, they go below the Do- line. It doesn't go in a straight line. It doesn't go in a straight line. Mm. And that's, mm. be- that's because of... Stuff. Uh, yeah, that's because of <laughs> external factors, right? It's yep. not not because the company the company didn't do anything different, right? The company is chugging they're, chugging along, still making money, right? They're making money. Yeah. They're you know they're you know, but you know sometimes they maybe they go through a rough patch where you know earnings are down relative to what you know experts or analysts well, think they should be. Therefore, the intrinsic value goes down, R- right? So people, perfect. So then, so people say, oh, you know, the you know this company is not doing so well, yeah. and, and maybe maybe some people sell out of it. Because they they read on X Y Z report that you know it's going to go down. They're making a guess about the future performance of the company. They're making a guess. Yeah. Um, you know, so I had this is just one example, and you know, I I was thinking, you know, one thing that came to mind was Volkswagen. Yeah. I don't know if you remember years ago, you know, they were in the news for they had. A bunch. Of, I think it was emissions that they yeah. they had a bunch of stuff. They had a big bad boo boo they made yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. they were yeah. their reports were sort of bogus or uh, yeah. as far as what their their emissions were on on a bunch of their cars and stock prices you know plummeted and you know I guess that was a you know people were thinking or guessing that Volkswagen was gonna have an issue right yeah. you know that the that the company was going to have an issue and so the prices came down you know so I was looking at it and I can see you know I can see the prices going down. Uh, and then, you know, but over time they came back up, right? You know, because, you know... Only because the intrinsic value, the box made more money. Right. They, Only. You know, they figured out that, you know, the company figured out how to get through that, you know, th- how to continue to make their product, you know, how to how to innovate, how to make it better, how to, you know, increase sales. Yeah, good point, great point. Re- uh, yeah. Reduce costs, whatever it is they need to do. They, fi- they do what they need to do they to make fi- money. They figure it out. Yeah. Um, and sh- sure, I mean, and we could come up with examples of companies that maybe that, that didn't, you know, that didn't find a way to, to, to make it work. Yeah. But there are a lot of good examples of ones that, that have. And that's the diversification default risk. 
bunch. That's right. That's yeah. yeah that's why you buy a bunch yeah. of them because yeah. you, you don't know which ones are gonna are, are gonna be successful. I mean, this isn't hard, folks. Just think about the big picture. We we get into the weeds too much here. Okay. Yeah. So that that's a perfect example. So 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 the point is that a box that spits out money, okay, has an intrinsic value, and if it continues to spit out more and more money, it, it won't go in a straight line. Sometimes it goes down a little bit. Sometimes it goes up a little bit. But the, the the intrinsic value of that box ought to track exactly proportionally with the money that it makes up or down over time. Never happens, mm -hmm. okay? Because stuff, external stuff, bad news, good news, happens around the company or the world or the economy or whatever. But external stuff happens and people start thinking, is that good or bad? for my box, okay? And if they start thinking it's really good for the box, they're gonna start buying the box and maybe pay a little bit more, okay, than it's worth. Just like housing prices, if you wanna do a parallel, That's same sure. thing, okay? And, and so, so people thinking about the future, okay, if it's a good thought, drive the price of the box above its intrinsic value. Okay, well, I guess that's good, but then you start hearing about, it's not good over the long run, okay? Folks, the further away, up or down, you get away from the intrinsic value, the scarier it gets, and that's that's the volatility thing we're talking about here. And that, yeah. and those, you know, those price swings or, or, or volatility that we see on a, you know, on a short term or a daily basis yeah. is based on supply and demand, yeah. right? You know, each company typically only has a certain number of shares. Yep. You know, sometimes they change that, you know, they do splits and things like that, but, you know, just for this, you know, argument, you yep. know, they, they've Let's got, keep it simple. there's, a fixed, there's a fixed people. number of yeah. shares yeah. That, that a company has yeah. that are out there in the, in the, in the marketplace. Yep. And if more people are, you know, if there's a, if there's a day or a week when, you know, really good news comes out about that company and more people start buying it, it's going to raise the prices. More than it's really worth. Right. By the way, that's the point. Right. That's called upward volatility. Upward volatility. <laughs> but then it happens on the downside too, right? So if, if bad news comes out about yeah. that company yeah. and more people are yeah. selling than buying. Oh my gosh, there's going to be a recession. Let's see, airlines and travel stocks yeah. are going to get killed. Yeah. Ah, I'm selling mine. So people start selling. Yeah. Yeah. And then the prices fall. Yeah. And it's, but that's, you know, so that's temporary. Yeah, so like you said there's yeah. the intrinsic value, but this is yeah. this is not intrinsic value. Yeah. This is just temporary volatility based on guesses yeah. about the outlook. Yeah. Yeah, here's kind of an ex a simple but extreme example. You're on the box. It's paying $10 a year. It has a certain value. And by the way, let let's assume that the average volatility of the box is 50%. In other words, bounces up and down way high and way low from its intrinsic price. Okay, so all right, so here's the deal, folks. So, so the box is worth whatever it's worth. It's paying ten bucks. Okay, okay, and the volatility is fifty percent. Okay, ten years from now, the box is worth a hundred bucks. Okay, and we're at the worst possible time for volatility. Ten years from now, it's down fifty percent. It's worth five hundred, right? Fifty. Yeah. If, 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 what, if what the box, yeah. if the box goes from a hundred, okay. If the price of the box, I apologize. The price of the box. Let's say it's 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 a thousand dollars today. If the price of the box is ten thousand dollars, 
okay, 10 years from now, and if we have a downward volatility blip, it's worth $5,000, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, well wait a minute. You, you started with 1000 okay? And sure, you, you would have liked to have it worth 10 or more, but my point is, if the box's value keeps getting more and more and more and more, the volatility doesn't matter much because of what you started with, right. okay? And, and, and folks, that, that's how it works with investment returns. We, I'm old enough, and you're almost old enough now <laughs> to, to look back a few years with, with clients, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the longer they own stuff, okay, that base of what they put in stays the same, but the, the value keeps going. And sooner or later, you say, well, you know, if I started with 1000 and, and it's... Uh, it's ten thousand, and it goes down to you know to three or six or seven or eight thousand. I'm still way ahead of the game, and, and and that's how it works, folks. Okay, so so the the intrinsic value is never the case. The volatility is whatever what it is, but if you own it long enough, and as long as those boxes keep making money, this is a highly technical financial show, don't you think? I mean, this, this is yeah, this, we're getting yeah yeah. Now, just um, think about it, folks. Please just think about that, and, and that's what volatility is. It's it's movement of price around an intrinsic value okay and as long as the intrinsic value keeps going going up sooner or later you're probably going to be okay you know i just you know i wanted to just you know comment on that from a you know number one from a psychological point of view right you, you know when things are going really well and people you know people see their portfolios and their and their numbers you know and they you know they get to a number and they're like wow yeah that's this feels great you know my portfolio is worth you know x and you know, in, and then they start to see it go down, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you know, they want to. They don't like that, right? Yeah. And they want to, you know, they yeah. want to. They want to try to lock it in or, yeah. or keep, you know, put it back to where it was. Yeah. And well, I mean, the only way to do that is to sell it all, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and and if you do that, then you know, now you're sitting in something, you know, that's not earning anything. Yeah. Now, now you got the inflation worry, yeah. right? Now you got the inflation worry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you think you're going to try to you know, get back in when thing you know when things are have bottomed out. Well, you never know when that is. So, that, that. so that's yeah. So yeah. that's not you know that's not yeah. a good plan. But well, yeah. and, and I had one other thought. So yeah. you're on a roll. Go I for am. it. People, you know, people don't uh, often. You know, this is generic, but oftentimes people don't like the idea of selling when things are high. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. they they think it's going to keep getting higher. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. And you know, so that this is this is an argument for for rebalancing. Yeah. So I just want to you know talk about yeah. that. Uh, yeah. You know, so we talked about you know diversification, right? Having different types of investments. Yeah. One way to reduce volatility is yeah, yeah. is is diversification, right? Having and, and rebalancing. Yeah. So by so let's say you know you you gave an example earlier. You know, let's say maybe you got four or five different types of investments in your portfolio. You know, you got you know large cap stocks, small cap stocks, emerging markets, internationals, and bonds, let's say. So, you know, if you go backwards and look through history, and, and it's going to be the case going forward as well, you know, they all grow and or <laughs> decrease at different rates at different times. And so if you have one thing that's really, you know, chugging along, you know, really, uh, really doing well, you know, somebody might say, well, well let's, 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 let's let it go. And that's okay to an extent, but if it gets a little too big, well, that might be an opportunity to say, Hey, let's, let's sell a little piece of that, you know, because there is the chance that it could come back down. And there's a pretty good chance, pretty good chance of that happening at some point. And so by rebalancing, you know, you're selling something after it's gone up just a little bit, you know, and you take some of that money and you put it into one of your other investments that maybe has gone down or at least on a relative basis hasn't, you know, hasn't maybe climbed as much as the other one. Yeah. When you're rebalancing, you're taking advantage 
of the volatility. Right. You know, whatever. So, yeah, good, good point. The, the, the other thing, you know, it just occurred to me on the psychology point, point which I'm not... I'm not a psychologist, nor do I pretend to be one on the radio, but people have volatility all wrong, okay? When there's upward volatility, which means that the price is above its intrinsic value, you should be nervous. And when there's downward volatility and the price is below its intrinsic value, what it's really worth... You should be excited. Uh, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. We're not wired to view volatility in the correct perspective. I got a, I got a very book about that. I think about you know. Uh, you're 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 right. But we're not wired. It's also, but it also depends on what stage of life you're in, right? Um, you know, if you're if you're an accumulator. Yeah. I can see how you could get more excited about that, yeah. right? You could get yeah. more excited about the down, the downward fluctuations because you're 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 putting money in yeah. and you're buying more shares yep. when they're when they're on sale. But it's a you know it's a different mindset, you know when you're you know maybe when you're retired and you're not adding money, then it's you know you're not you're not you're not, get, you're not taking advantage of those sales per se. Other than other than the rebalancing, well, but uh, you're taking advantage of that. Right. And the rebalance. If something yes. went down in yes. value, we rebalance. We Correct. go buy that. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. But I think but I think yeah. a lot of times that's lost. Yeah, that's lost on on a, maybe yeah. an investor's psyche as far as how to think about that. Yeah, yeah. No, no and, yeah. And, when, and, when are you going to write that book? Yeah, you know, I got to think about that some more. Okay, so it's just and it's let's see, this is the real value. It's you know, it it's this should be what it is. We're really comfortable, and if the real value is a hundred bucks and it's a hundred and thirty. Okay, that's upward volatility. Well, sooner or later, it's going back down to what it's really worth. Okay, so there there are outside-of-the-box factors. If they're good, they drive the price above the intrinsic value. Well, sooner or later, that's going to get back to to where it was. And if outside-of-the-box factors are scary and it drives it below, okay, but it's always going to go back to its real value sooner or later, sort of a thing, folks. And so, we're, we're, you know, when things are high, we should be a little nervous, and when things are low, we should be licking our chops because they just got cheaper. You know, if the Standard and Poor's 500 has a 40% correction, you know, this year, is it not 40% cheaper than it was a year ago? Am I missing something about how that works sort of a thing? And, and so, so number one, volatility is just the movement around a real value caused by people and external factors, good or bad. And sooner or later, the good news goes away and or the bad news goes away. And where are we? We're back to about what it's worth until something else, good or bad, happens. So, like, it's the, it's the roller coaster of volatility. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, and we're having a great one this year. We're having a, a, a real good <laughs> roller coaster this it year about what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and you have to get by that, folks, okay? And you have to kind of believe in the future to be able to do that. And, and that's what owning companies is all about, okay? Okay, uh, by the way, a couple more, couple more statistics, okay? And this is from uh, that website, the Standard & Poor's 500 at your fingertips. Folks, it's part of a website called Political Calculations, and no, I don't spend any time on, on that website other than the S&P 500 at your fingertips. But you can plug in your birthday and, and see how the stock market has done over your lifetime or whatever. But I went to the website, and I went back exactly 30 years from July 31st of 2022. Okay, so folks, these are 30 years, which, by the way, 
is a working person's lifetime. Pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, and maybe a retired person's lifetime. Okay, kind of depends. More and more likely. But anyway, so so it's just a, a, a nice long term thing. So so to, 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 this is my proof. This is Exhibit A. Okay, for. You can make money owning a whole bunch of stocks, folks, if you do it long enough. And, and so, and it's exhibit A for if you own a box that produces money, the more money it produces, the more it becomes valuable. Okay, so here's the deal. If it pleases the court. Yeah, this is, yeah. if it pleases the court. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so, so the earnings on the Standard & Poor's 500. Okay, 500 biggest publicly traded companies in America a proxy for the stock market. I should call it the company market, not the stock market. It's less scary. But anyway, okay, if you bought a share of the S&P 500 in July of 92, okay, basically, the earnings were $17.71. Okay, that's the money the box produces, $17.71. 30 years later, there are $196.67. By the way, okay, if it was 1771 back in 1992, and you could live on that money, mm -hmm. assuming you had more shares than one, you're probably okay on the $196.67 if you think about it. But anyway, the, my point is, if, if you have a box that was earning 17 and now it's earning 196 it's probably worth a few more bucks as a result of its ability to do that. Okay, the dividends, my, oh, I said that wrong, the dividends. Okay, if you were collecting dividends and spending them from the one share, they were $12.37, okay, and they've gone to $64.35. Well, if you could have lived on $12.37 then, you're okay. By the way, the money grew at 5.65% a year. I'm sorry, the dividends did. The okay. dividends grew at 5 That's what I was going to do. That. Okay. I, I got it right now. The dividends from 1237 to $64 in 30 years is a 5.65% return, while inflation was 2.52. How you doing, folks? You are wealthier. Okay, P plain and simple. Okay. If you own a box that spits out money, if it continues to do that and not in a perfectly straight line over a long time, it is probably worth more. And by the way, one share of the S&P 500 in 1992 in July, $417.94. One share of the S&P 500 today, $3,911.73. Folks, if you paid 417 bucks for something and 30 years later it was worth 3900 and it went down 10 or 20 or 30% temporarily, you're not happy, but you're still, still way, way ahead of that game in terms of what you earned and what your wealth looks like. And unless I miss my guess, building wealth over time is pretty important to most folks listening to us. What you got there? Uh, well, I was just doing, so I did, wanted to do a return calculation on the price. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah. from that, so it's 400 and roughly $18 yeah, to 30, 30 years ago. Yeah, 39.11, yeah. So over over those 30 years, yeah. that, that return. That'd be was what, 8 or 9%? Uh, it was actually, it was like 7.7. 7. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 7.7% 7 .7 per yeah. year uh, okay. over that. And inflation was 2.52. Hello, folks. Okay, people who did that are got wealthier. It wasn't in a short time. You've got to follow the rules about how to do that. We don't have time to get into all of those, but that's the point. Okay, so let's see. We've got about two or three minutes here. We might actually finish up and get to some other fun stuff. So, so when it comes to stocks, 
the risks that you can face are default and volatility. Default you can take care of by diversification, buying lots of stuff. The volatility, you got to live with it. Deal with it. <laughs> okay, that's my comment on the volatility. And, Deal with it. That, and, that's well, how you get paid. And, okay. and if you're in a place where you're relying on your portfolio for money, yeah. make sure you've got some cash. Yep that you can live off of. To, and we get to the, yeah. the practical aspects of that in the next part of the show. That's, ex that's exactly correct. But okay. folks, if, yeah, this is almost close to a, a break here, but if, if, you are, if you are planning to try to preserve or build your wealth, you have to own some things, okay, that, that produce a, a, a return after you pay taxes and inflation. That, that's, just, that's just a fact, okay? okay? The only way you do that, okay, is to have more money left after you pay taxes and inflation from your return than you started with, okay? Uh, and historically, that's a, a high hurdle for bond investors for in many, many times, okay? For stock investors, there's some pretty good odds if you play that game right and do it long enough. And if capitalism continues to exist and the world doesn't come to an end, okay, did I qualify that enough? Or yeah. You're, you're probably going to be okay, sort of a thing. You're, you're probably going to be okay. So so the the, the way that you... As far as we're concerned, one of the one of the ways you can, you know, historically with high odds build wealth is to own a whole bunch of companies and do that for a long period of time. Well, you have to be in a position to do that and you have to be financially able. And I, I know that. And we're going to get to some of the practical things that people need to do, okay, around owning companies and doing all kinds of things like that and building wealth. That, so that's like the, well, how do I do this? But I, I think we set the stage to say that you know, you need to own a, I don't care how old you are, okay, and I'll, you, you need to own a certain percentage of stocks in your portfolio, and we can argue with that with a whole lot of folks about what that should be, but the bottom line is, that's how you've made your money, okay, the default risk, easy peasy, the volatility risk, deal with it. You're listening to McNamara on Money, we're going to take a break, we'll be right back. <laughs> 